Hey dreamers, this is your host Barry Miracle. Welcome to Wake Up Into Your Dream. It's time to wake up out of the nightmares of normality and wake up into God's divinely designed dream for your life. Jump on this podcast today and let's discover God's awesomeness waiting for you. Hey everybody, this is Barry Miracle and I want to say welcome back to Wake Up Into Your Dream. We are on episode, I think, 48 or something like that and I'm excited about this series that we're talking about, the prophetic. Last week I talked about the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus and this whole Jesus Christ um, relationship and this whole Jesus Christ kingdom, this whole thing about Jesus Christ should actually maybe be about Jesus. We just, I just want to tell you, I need more about Jesus. I need to know more about Jesus. I need Holy, Holy Spirit says, I'm not going to testify of myself. Jesus even said that of Holy Spirit. He says, Holy Spirit will testify of me. Why? Because when we learn about Jesus, then Jesus reveals the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So everything Jesus did and everything Jesus said reveals the heart of the Father. And what is the Holy Spirit here to do? The spirit of prophecy, the the Holy Spirit of prophecy is for the testimony of Jesus. And so I went over that last week. And and I'm going to continue on this week. And the the topic uh, of this episode is actually really called, Why Did God Want to Be Known as Savior? And I did a a similar uh, podcast several months ago, but I'm going to hit it maybe a little deeper. But it was, I I already revealed this revelation, one of the other ones, but I want to go a little deeper. And this is so important because this is the greatest revelation I have ever received in my life. Shema was one of the greatest manifestations of God when I learned about Shema, when I learned about the the hearing, the perceiving, the receiving, that, that when I was in my truck, in, in driving down the road, in the in the in the worst moment of my life, when the Holy Spirit, when the Father God and Jesus all came into my cab of my truck, and everything was eclipsed by the majesty of the moment. That was a that was another that was a greatest manifestation and a great revelation. But the greatest revelation is what I'm going to speak to you about. The greatest prophetic revelation answering a question that I was asking the Lord, why did he want to be known as Savior more than any other title? Why did he want to be known as Jesus, Jesus being the greatest name? That's what Jesus means, is Savior, right? But why did Yeshua, why did Father, why did Holy Spirit, why did he want to be known as Jesus? And so I asked everybody, I was asking God for years, why did he, why is that? And the, so we know the pinnacle message of the gospel of the kingdom is the doctrine of soteriology or the gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation is not entire, is not the entirety of the message of soteriology, so it's just a you know a theological um, a term. But it the gospel of salvation is part of soteriology or the gospel of the kingdom. So it's the gospel of soteriology has to do with the the saving of the spirit, the deliverance of the soul, which is your mind, will, and your emotions, and the healing of your body. It it doesn't exclude any of it, but it includes all three areas. 
So like I said, I've been asking this question of why God? Why God? Why do you want to be known as Savior, Jesus? Why is Jesus? So here's the premise. And this is where the scripture comes, uh, where my thought came from. So uh, if you have your Bibles or put it on pause and go get your Bible. This is Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. So we're turning to Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, in which says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, verse 9, God also highly exalted him, Jesus, and and has given him the name which which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Also, you can find out in um, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, where the angel of the Lord shows up and basically says this, Mary, it's a bit messy, okay? You have to, it's a bit messy. It's slightly out of the norm. You're 15 and you're pregnant, <laughs> Uh, but, um, you need to know this. Don't forget this. You got to name the child Jesus. I mean, you can read Matthew chapter one, verse 20 and 21 on your own, but that's basically he, the angel is making sure that Mary gets this. You got to name this, this boy in your belly. It's a boy and you got to name is Jesus and he's going to be the savior of the world. But why? There are a myriad of other places in the word of God that makes reference to the importance of the name of Jesus. Like in John chapter 14, 14. If you ask anything in my name, Jesus, I will do it. Or Mark 16, 7. And these signs shall follow those who believe in my name, the name of Jesus. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And then here's the clincher. This you've heard me, if you've been listening to me over this past year, you, you, you would have heard me say something like this in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. And all the people who are belong in, to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names are not written in the book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. There's other translations, the, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. And the, if you, you can find different, um, different scriptures. So Revelation 13, 8 is a scripture that always interested me. So it's the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. And I I love that it's, it, it says that. So what does that mean? So he was slain before there was an earth that was made. How did he do that? He was slain in heaven. He was, how? The word of God says that he was, so if he was slain before the earth was made, that means he was slain before God took the, the red dirt put Adam together, handmade him, and then nefeshed him, breathed life in him, and he became a living soul. Before there was dirt in him, because there, there were, if there's no earth, there's no dirt. And if there's no dirt, there's no Adam. And if there's no Adam, there's no nefesh. There's no breath breathed into him. So Jesus was slain before the foundations of the earth. Before you were created, before. 
So what does that mean? That means that Jesus was your savior before he was ever your creator. This is, this is, the, this is the game changer. Jesus was the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth, making Jesus your savior before he was your creator. In Ephesians 2.10, Amplified AMPC translation says, uh, talks about the good past that he prearranged before, before, before time, before time began. Before time began, he created paths for you to walk upon. Isn't that amazing? And so I wasn't ready to make that a dogmatic say, okay, that's right. Because you have to, when you're studying the word of God, you have to find two or more witnesses to bear truth of a doctrine. So here, though believing this in Revelation 13, 8, I couldn't find another scripture until I found 1 Peter 1, 19 and 20, which says, but with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ... For he was foreknown, foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has prepared in these last days for the sake of you. So we're talking about the spotless, the blood of Christ, for he was foreknown. He was Jesus, was your savior before he was your creator. Why Jesus? Understanding this and, 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 and diving into this was a divine setup because the answers that I got that day when he finally decided to give me the harvest of the, of the sowing and the watering and the believing and the standing and the digging and the asking, it was a setup to receive more than I could ever imagine. And I'm going to get into a prophetic word that he, that I wrote down verbatim from God, but I just want to set up uh, and tee this up a little bit better before I get right to the prophecy. Um, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, he would actually be your savior before he was your creator. Just, I want you to meditate on that. So why did he want to be known as Savior? God is known through his many names throughout history and throughout the Bible. The matter of fact is he has at least 364 different names that he is known by, like yod heh vav the, uh, the the ineffable name of God, the Tetragrammaton. Some people put some vowels in there and they come up with Jehovah in the dramatic or Yahweh. So he's known as uh, uh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sikkanu. He's known as the rock. He's known as the creator, the almighty God, the alpha, the omega, the father. And, and the description goes on and on and on. But why did he choose to be known? The greatest name, the name that is above every other name. It doesn't, and, and, and I've, I've said this in an earlier podcast as well. I think the father's name is Jesus. So how could he, the father not give him his own name? Because his own name, when Jesus says, pray this way in, in Luke chapter 2, he says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The name is so important. The, the, the Hebrew people call him Hashem or the name. 
I believe that name in no disrespect to any Hebrew person who doesn't believe in Jesus. But I, I want to say Jesus is the son of God who was who was with him in the beginning, who was God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and nothing was made except it was made by the word. And 11 verses later in John chapter 1 verse 14, and we beheld his glory. The word became flesh and dwelt his among us. And we beheld his glory of that of the only begotten of the father. My God. I believe that, and, and I don't know if I'm going to break this down now, but I'm, I'm, okay, I think I'm going to try. So before there was a was, there was a God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all by themselves, being God all by themselves, sufficient in themselves, happy with themselves, but wanting to share this attribute, this great attribute of the glory realm of love, who they are. They were the realm and the realm was them. Love, the glory realm of love, God. God is love and love is God. They were all together before the heavens and before the earth. God God made the heavens, that's not just the first heaven, not just earth. He he made the second heaven and the third heaven, and he made the throne, and he made the four living creatures that fly around. He made the throne room. He made everything, but out of nothing. He was nowhere in the midst of no thing, and he was dreaming about none of these things came to pass until he began to decree and declare the procreation out of the word that came forth and then created a construct for everything else. But even before all of that, we were all together in the glory heart of God. With Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, waiting for the time when everything would be created, and we were all together with him. And I believe that the revelation of what I'm about to bring forth to you, the magnitude of what you're about to hear is why he wanted to be known as Savior more than any other description of him. So, So here we go. Like I said earlier, I've been asking this question for years. And on January 3rd, 2016, at about 5.15 a.m., God shows up and begins to give me the answer of why he wanted to be defined as Savior. I'm going to try to keep it in the spirit of the moment as much as I can. So I get out my book where I record the things that God shares with me. And he starts with this. I am revealing myself as Savior again. I will be known as the emancipator again. I will be known as healer again. I will be known as rescuer again. I will be known as deliverer again. You have asked, why do I want to be known as Savior more than any other name? My answer is simple. It is one thing to make something but it is more difficult to redeem something already set in its way. 
For I created an eternal being. I created an everlasting being. I created a being just like me. So when I created someone like me, I created this being perfect. But when I redeem something, I always make it better. So Barry, how do I make something better than perfect? And then he says this, that's what a savior does. It's one thing to create perfection, but it's another thing to upgrade perfection. Hallelujah. As a savior, I have been upgrading my creation to be critical thinkers. He's going on. Don't be moved by what you see, feel, or touch. Be moved by my dream for you and my original intent. I created another speaking spirit just like me. But when I recreated man, he became another speaking spirit that could speak in accordance with me, but think and speak with individual authenticity. I wanted the upgrade to be a creative being just like me, but operate with originality, authenticity, and diversity while maintaining unity, harmony within the parameters of the dream. Barry, exclamation mark, never forget, exclamation mark, never forget, exclamation mark, that anything I restore will have greater potential. That anything I restore will have greater potential. Believe and speak this to my creation and watch my recreation come alive to its great, greater purpose. Barry, three exclamation marks. You must speak this way for this is the hidden mysteries for my end time grand finale. I will show forth my greatness my re- by my redemption and through my upgrades. Let them know that they as redeemed beings are better than perfect, my God. Let them know that they are better than the crowning glory of all of my creation. What? Better than perfect? That's what I said. When you begin to speak these things, there will be a releasing of an anointing that will lift off shame and condemnation. This revelation will loose the bondages of addictions and generational curses, sicknesses, and disease. These works of evil will have no seedbed as my recreations come alive to who they truly are, the upgrade. And that's why I want to be known as Savior. At this point, I felt his smile. Me. It's me asking him now. The gravity of this revelation is similar to a caveman seeing an airplane fly. And he says back to me, Barry, that is your crude analogy. But I understand what you are trying to say. But listen to me. It is far greater. And don't belittle what I have just shared with you to just a physical analogy. This is too expensive and too wonderful. The difference and the magnitude of this revelation can only be compared to when I was in the uncreated realm and then all, then, then came all of my creation. Out of my uncreated came the created. Out of my recreation comes everlasting life, limitless potentials with uncreated possibilities. 
And I said, wow, 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 exclamation mark. Then I said back to the Lord, thank, Lord, thank you so much. Give me the grace to handle, build, and release this pinnacle of all revelations. For I truly believe that you have shown me this today. And then he says, Barry, you must, three exclamation marks, you must, three exclamation marks, you must, three exclamation marks, build the case. You must build the case that anything I restore, I will make it better. Everything rides on this revelation. And this is an end time revelation. Ladies and gentlemen, God was so enamored, so uh amazed when he dreamed about the upgrade, when you became a new creation. John the Baptist was the greatest of the Old Testament, of, of, a, of all those born of a woman, all those born of the woman. Every man in the Old Testament was born of a woman. Every prophet, everyone was born of a woman. But he who is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, who Jesus Christ said himself was the greatest. Who does that make you be? That makes you somebody that's not only born of a woman, that you're born of the spirit and you're born from above. And you have the this great privilege of understanding that you have become one with the spirit of the living God. And you have become one in the ability to know all things. And, and um, it says in 1 John 2.20 that you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. How can you know all things? Because you have become one with the Spirit of the living God. And the Bible says that it's only the Spirit of God that knows the deep things of God. And now we as the upgrade. See, so you got upgraded from the Old Testament and being the vice regent and the one that was created just below Elohim. And now you've been upgraded and you become one with the Spirit of the living God. You become a co-heir with Jesus Christ and you are seated in heavenly places right now. Your spirits right now. And we live from the spirit. We live from our righteousness. We live from this place of being an upgrade into co-heirness with Jesus Christ. I'm praying right now that you get this revelation and this this is why he wanted to be known as Jesus, because at this moment of him dreaming, even before he created anything, this the moment that he saw his dream as he was dreaming and, 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 and musing and, and meditating and, and creating all the pathways. And then finally it led to this moment where we got upgraded, where, where we got created and then we fell. But when he redeemed us, he made us into this upgrade. And he says, I want to be known as that. That's who I am. I'm somebody that creates something that's better than perfect. That's what a savior does. And that's what Jesus did for us when he was when he died and when he went and took the the keys of hell death hell and the grave and he rose victorious by the power of his own might and he went into heaven and he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat creating accessibility and then he sent forth the holy spirit cuz accessibility was granted and the holy spirit came and we believed the word of god and holy spirit came into our lives and we became one with his spirit and that's why he wanted to be known as savior he says you must build the case that anything i restore i make it better 
Everything rides on this revelation. It's the truth about the upgrades. You need to boldly say, I am the upgrade. I am the upgrade. I am the one that God recreated in Christ Jesus and made brand new. I am the upgrade. When I restore, I will bring much, much more. To restore means to bring back or reestablish. Re means to do again or go back. Redeem means to purchase back under threat. He is our kinsman redeemer. And when he showed up, he purchased us back and he made a big threat on the enemy. And not only he followed through with this threat and he dethroned him forevermore. He can't take you anywhere. He can't give you anything. You are far greater in, in a greater position. Never face your enemy because he's underneath your feet. The only way you face your enemy is when you get down into the dirt with him. Don't believe his lies and don't be sucked into these things into offense and everything else that brings you on the same level as the devil. You are far, far greater and you're seated in heavenly places and you come down with your crushing heel. The kinsman redeemer. Redeem means to purchase back under threat, reestablish, to establish again or anew. Return someone or something to a former condition. Repair is to return it to its original condition. But I've been saying all that. I'm just going to read a beautiful, amazing scripture, and then I'm going to get to reformed. Recreate means to create again. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which he predestined, God predestined, planned beforehand for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Did you hear that? Prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Reborn is to be born again. You're not only born of a woman, you're not only born of water, but you're born of the spirit and you're born from above and making you an upgrade. You've been upgraded to being not just a co, not just to be the vice regent and most uh, powerful person in creation, which you were in Psalm 139. And, and, and I don't have time to go there, but you were and we were even under the old covenant created as the second most powerful person in, in all of creation, created being. But when you got upgraded, when you got born again, you became one with the spirit of the living God. You became a co-heir with Christ Jesus. But here it is. Here's the great revelation. <laughs> when you are being recreated and reborn in Christ Jesus, you are actually being reformed. To reform something or someone means to make changes in order to improve it. So not only when you are reforming something, you're taking the substance that you had, which was great, and you are actually making changes to improve it. Hebrews chapter 9, 10 says, For they, the gifts, sacrifices, and ceremonies, deal with only with the clean and the unclean, food and drink and various rituals, washing, mere external regulations for the body imposed to help the worshipers until, somebody say until, until the time of reformation, the reforming, the reformation, that is the time 
the new order when Christ will establish the reality of what these things foreshadowed, a better covenant. At that time came forth the upgrades to come forth. You have been recreated, rebirthed, reborn, and reformed in Christ Jesus. You are a brand new creation. You are an elite status of the newborn. Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 in the AMPC translation says, and formed us into a kingdom, a royal race. Say, I'm part of a royal race. Priests, to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the power and the majesty and the dominion throughout the ages and forever and ever and ever. Amen. So be it. At your rebirth, everything changed and was upgraded. At your rebirth of 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become brand new. Are you going to begin to believe this? If you begin to believe what I've been sharing with you today and release to you today, this, rev- this prophetic revelation, everything will change in your life. At your rebirth, you have become a brand new creation. All things have been passed away and all and behold, all things have become brand new. According to Colossians, uh, at your rebirth, you were translated from the kingdom and authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. Colossians chapter one, verse 13, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the son of his love, translated into Jesus Christ. The kingdom of Jesus Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on your worst day. You don't live for righteousness. You live from righteousness. And that's what gives you the great privilege of walking in holiness every day. So this is me endeavoring for the next five to six minutes, releasing to you a revelation of what you can now stand in the midst of and see the greater glory of God come into this physical and soulish realm and begin to dominate from your position of your righteousness. More sin, much more grace. More darkness, much brighter light. When the thief is found, you can get restored more than what was stolen. Some scriptures say four times. Other scriptures say seven times. Ezekiel 36, 11 says, And do better for you than at your beginnings. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. A conqueror becomes more than a conqueror. The new covenant, or also known as the much more excellent covenant, has much more excellent promises, far greater possibilities. For instance, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, says that the glory of Moses had compared to the, compared to the glory that we have is like the glory that Moses had is like none at all because Moses was past Moses's glory that he received after 40 days when he got much shocked. He got bathed in the glory. It's like that glory is no comparison to the glory that remains on the inside of us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we became the upgrades. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 says the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the, the glory of the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 61 7 says instead of your shame you shall have double honor and instead of confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. There, therefore in their land they will shall, shall possess double 
everlasting joy shall be theirs. Job chapter 42, 10 through 17. And you're saying there's something good in the book of Job? Yeah, I want to tell you this. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. You, some of you have to pray for your friends. You got to forgive. You got to release because if you do, God can restore your losses. And then he says, indeed, the Lord God gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than he he did in his beginnings. I don't have to go through all of the time to go through all that, but you need to understand that Isaiah 54 1 says, Sing, O barren, you who have not labored or bo- you have not born, break forth in singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And then you got Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7. It says, When the enemy comes before you, like a, uh, sorry, when the enemy comes before your face, he is being defeated before your face and then fleeing in seven other directions. You need to understand that God is always working. If we can believe and decree his promises and believe that he wants to do greater for us. And he wants, he wants you to understand that, that because these things are coming against you, because you're a new creation, you can stand in all things stand. And if you keep standing, keep decreeing, keep believing, you will actually be propelled because of the evil of the day, because of the grace that comes because of the evil of the day, and you will be propelled further than you would not have had the opportunity had these problems not come against you. Isaiah 59, 19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a great standard against him. Every time the enemy comes in with a flood, a flood of accusation, a flood of fear, a flood of sickness, a a, a flood, uh, no matter what it may be, a flood that's supposed to take you out. He will come in with a greater level of anointing, with power. God himself will come in like a rushing stream, which the very breath of God, the Ruach HaKodesh, drives the enemy out. And the very same river driven by the breath of God will take us up and over into our most victorious day. The very illegal flood designed by the enemy to take you out has actually opened up legal access for God to come in and more than make up for the evil of the day. In Psalms 3010 says, the Lord sat enthroned on the flood. What flood? Any flood that you find yourself in where the enemy's trying to take you out. The Lord is sat enthroned at the flood and the Lord sits as king forevermore. He's riding, he's surfing, he's waiting for you to call on his name in every flood. And he will come in with more power, with more authority, with greater standards and wipe out the enemy and propel you into greater things. Acts chapter 14, 22, part B says, we must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom of God. When you enter into the kingdom through tribulations, you can enter in. There's sufficient evil of every day and there's impossibilities that are meeting you every day. And as you walk through them by the power and grace of God, because you're this upgrade, this new creation, you can do it. And as you do, you're propelled into greater things. We have been placed in the midst of chaos, ladies and gentlemen, to grow up bigger than every circumstance, every situation, every sickness, disease, problem, pain, hereditary curse, bear, lion, mountain, giant, to bring forth order. Order is perceived by glory, knowing that every problem or pain has a payday. 
that you got to exact. And every trial has a turning point. And knowing that every cross has a crown. That the enemy, according to Colossians 2, verses 11 through 15, basically states this, that the enemy has been stripped, the spiritual tyrant in all of the universe, all the multiverse, has been stripped of all of his authority at the cross. And God himself, Jesus Christ, uh, rode him up and down uh, throughout the streets of eternity, naked and unfounded with any authority. You are set free in every way from anyone's control. Whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. You have been set free for freedom's sake. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets you free from the law of sin and death. We cannot, we must not fear darkness or the dark night of the soul. You have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. You have been translated from the totalitarian dictatorship of an evil king into the kingdom of light. You are no longer subjected to the rules, regulations, or authority of a defeated enemy. His noise is no concern of you. You are under a new conquering king and his kingdom. Now that consists of righteousness, peace and joy where faith, hope and love remain and prevail. The first Adam was a living soul, but the last Adam, the Savior, Jesus Christ, became a life-giving spirit. The last Adam, the life-giving spirit, the upgrade became the firstborn of many sons. Say, that's me. I am the first, I am a part of the ones that are a descendant of the firstborn of many sons. I have spoke to you, ladies and gentlemen, of your great potential. Now lay hold of the promises by faith and lift up your head, you gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in the kingdom and every answer you will ever need will come out of the life of his upgrades you are the upgrade in Jesus mighty name you are one of the many sons that are just like their dad first John 4 17 as he is so are we in this world your dad, the creator and recreator, is the source of all, and you've become his resource here on the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm at the 37-minute mark. I'm sorry I went over a few minutes, but I wanted to get this all in because this is what prophecy is all about. It's breathing life. He wants to speak to you prophetically every day of your life. It's not for just special moments of Easter and Christmas and Sundays and Wednesdays. It's every day he wants to prophetically speak to you. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. We're going to get into that soon. Love you all. Please go to my website, wakeupandyourdream.com or barrymiracle.ca. There's lots of resources there. You can buy my book. And you can, uh, if you feel that this this uh, podcast is worthy and my ministry is worthy, uh, no pressure, but please sow a seed. This costs me um, a lot of money every year to come to you guys. Uh, I'm not begrudging it. I'm just saying we would love your support. And I hope you enjoyed this. Barry Miracle signing off till next week. Thanks again for joining us today on Wake Up Into Your Dream. My great friend Tony Fitzgerald would say you have two great days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discovered why. In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true, that you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. 
If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca. You can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future. And uh, you can just connect with us then. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.